Hello, 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 and welcome to your aunties could never episode one hundred and six. I'm Auntie AK, and I'm here with Auntie Farah, Auntie Nana, and have Auntie Shade. She's unavailable this evening, but she'll be back with us next week. We hope. Okay, so this is your aunties could never a podcast for cool aunties and uncles everywhere, where you hear no nonsense, straight talkings, and the best advice you'll ever hear anywhere. Ever? How are you ever? How are you, my ladies and my aunties? How are you doing today? All good today. All good, all good. I want the sunshine out and happy and smiling and it's not been like that today, but it's all good. Yeah, I didn't like the idea of feeling cold. My toes were cold a little bit coming home and I'm very upset about that. <laughs> I don't like cold toes. Cold toes make my whole body shake. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean about cold toes though, but it's just funny. Like, it's usually my hands that get really cold. Yes. Like, so cold, I feel like they're gonna break. Have you ever, have you ever yeah. been that cold? Yeah, it's going to snap off. Happens to me. Yeah, that's how I feel about my my toes. When my toes are froze, everything's off. <laughs> Just want to let you guys understand this. When my toes are froze, my whole day is discombobulated. No, I hear you. I, I'm getting exactly what you're saying. My favorite thing, and it's probably really bad for Russell though, is I put my feet on his back to warm them oh! up. Can you imagine? Oh. That must be so, that's how you know he must love me. I have to do that almost every night. I have to, it's, and it warms up. Wait, your legs are like this on his back. Yeah, just, just and then when it heats up and then I can stretch out again and get to sleep. No, he, he absolutely loves you. He's <laughs> gonna love you, because you can't, I, I'm not into feet. I don't want your yeah, feet, you on, I don't want your feet near me, and I hate and people. I don't even think he likes my feet on him either, but. What are you gonna do? Always me. When we've um, slept in the same bed, Auntie Farah cusses me for running my feet. But yeah, I, I need to run. I need to run when I'm sleeping. Yeah, I don't want to hear you run. <laughs> my, like to get my feet in comfortable, I have to move, run my feet. What <laughs> 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 shit is that? <laughs> it's basically rubbing to them together. But sometimes I think it's like when you have a not a tick. Obviously, I don't have a tick. Like your body just does something in repeat because you're not even thinking that you're doing it. So sometimes it was like it's like you're running, but you're not really running. I'm just trying to rub my feet together to keep them warm. I curl my toes together. Okay, okay, yeah. I, 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 I get what you're saying. That dry foot sound. Get yourself what a man and put your foot on his back. I just don't like feet. No, I can't put socks on. Wear socks. Yeah, but sometimes it's, you need that kind of heat because Am, do you know what my daughter does? She'll stand on my whenever wherever I am, she'll come and stand on my feet. She likes to stand on my feet. Anyway, Auntie Farah, yeah. what what we do? <laughs> what, how you how you all gonna warm us up? <laughs> Sorry, I have so many questions, but okay. Come to stand on my feet. I'm looking at like why are you? Because like, I just love your feet; they're so comfortable. She likes to stand on my feet when she's talking to me. Wow. Anyway, go on. Okay. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> would you rather? That's what's up. Would you rather be half your height or double your weight? Fuck that shit. <laughs> it's half my height. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much. There's so much wrong with what we've just done. I, I know it it's really bad. I'm, I'm but. That's my truth, and I'm sticking with it. I'll, I'll take half my height. Oh, would I? That Oh, no. Hang on, because that would mean that I'd be like, oh. Exactly. Oh, I didn't think about it properly. No, exactly. sorry. 
double my weight. Double my weight. Sorry. I'd take double my weight too. There's nothing wrong with short people or people who are shorter, but I can always lose the weight. I can't gain inches. And I don't want to be everywhere and I can't reach things. And it's a problem when people are inconsiderate when you go to the cinema or just anywhere and you can't see. And yeah, in a shop, you can't reach. It's just, yeah, I don't want to have to deal with inconsiderate people all the time. Whereas if I'm double my weight, I can hopefully lose that. I'll go double my weight because we can make it look sexy. So, yes, that's true. Because half my size, though I'm extremely tall, I'd be very <laughs> Because five four, so I'd be two. I don't know if you are five four. You keep saying you're five four. I feel like you lot should leave me the fuck alone. Well, is she smaller or taller? I think she's smaller because I'm five five, and you seem a lot what miles ahead of me, girl. All right. I, I, was I, I would have thought you two were the same height, though. No, I am not. Uh, uh, don't. I'm not. I'm not saying you're very, very. Yeah, no, nah, I <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you're very short, but I don't think you're five foot four. I am five four. Okay. All right, all right. Next link up, I'll bring my measuring tape and we'll measure <laughs> and then we'll we'll know exactly what Yeah, we'll know once and for all. I'll go on. Yes, I uh go on, next one. Would you rather be the only person who speaks out of their bum? Or be the only person who doesn't speak out of their bum. Go As in, like, your vocal cords are in your bum? Yeah, you speak out of your bum. Or you mean talking shit? No, you speak out of your bum. Literally, so that is where the voice comes from, your bum. Your bum. So, you, in other words, in the world is either everyone talks through their bum and you're the, you don't, or the world is everyone talks through their mouth and you're the only one that talks through your bum. No, would you rather be the only person who speaks out of their bum? Or the only person who doesn't speak out of their bum. That's exactly what I said. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like you remixed no, it. No, I don't like, get yeah, it. Like, the other way around. But Auntie <laughs> Nana, like I said, either the world talks out their bum and you don't, or the world talks out their mouth and you don't talk out your bum. So you're just the only one either talking out your mouth or the only one talking out your bum. Which one did you right. prefer? So the world would think you're abnormal either way. So to me, honestly, I'm going to forfeit because that doesn't really fucking matter because I'll be the oddity in whichever world I existed. But would and, you want to speak out of your bum? But the thing is, obviously, because of the way that society set up, why would I want to say, do you know what I'd rather speak out of my bum? <laughs> because the way I know society, why would I want to speak out of the hole that I... So do I pull out my mouth instead of talk out my bum or do I talk, pull out my bum and talk out my bum? It just says to speak out of your bum. It doesn't say where you poo or anything like that. It just says speak out of your bum. It's a ridiculous scenario, but because I know what bum holes do, obviously I'm going to be the person that speaks out their mouth because I can't physically opt to choose to speak out my <laughs> bum bum. And what I know about bum bums? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a mindful because it, it's that thing. Then the vocal cords have to then go in alignment <laughs> with weight. And that doesn't make any sense. So... <laughs> The question doesn't make sense. I think I'm still going to you know, go. No, it doesn't make sense. Is it, why is that way? I don't mind speaking out my bum if then it's like you be rewired in a different way. And so out of my mouth comes shit and through my bum is my vocal cords. I, I don't care about that. If I'm rewired that way, then I'm fine to do that. But I'm not going to chat shit. Like literally. Chat and come. Like that is bonkers. 
So I think I'm just going to stick with my mouth ways. And, and have everybody look at me like I'm weird, but I'd be like, you are all bent over talking to me. What the hell's going on here? Maybe they're not bent over. No, I'm not going to bend over. It's just that you, their, their sounds the sound come from the bottom. So if you want to off when it goes off, you're going to hear. Maybe oh, I'll face the other way to pick up the sound from your bum, from people's bums. So our ears would face the other way. <laughs> Maybe our ears like. would be on our hips because that it would all correlate. Like, it just can we move on, please? I don't need this in my life right now because now I'm just thinking of some awful weird bodies. And to be fair, when the aliens come, there probably is a land where they have this set up. I think I'd speak out of my bum. <laughs> okay. Just cause, why not? You'd be the only one, you'd be in a box. At That's the fine. Page. Okay. It's all right. Okay, last question. Would you rather live in a barn full of animals as your house or in your house with all the animals from the barn. <laughs> you're you're bored today. <laughs> Where did you find these? No, we're going to ban this game. You have to pick one. I think I prefer one thing that has to go games. Why would I live in um, a barn? I can live in my house with animals. I might as well live in the house of animals. The animals, yes, can the animals that are usually in the barn that are in your house. Yeah, but then obviously I have to accommodate them. <laughs> in your house that you have, your house. Yeah, because I'm not going to live in a barn. I've got no bath. <laughs> I'm going to have troughs and hay. <laughs> so at least let me figure it out with my own. So at least I can shut the door. They can all be in my front room and I'll be in my room. And I'll come out when I need to. There will be a shit show in my house, but at least I've got one room of sanctity. In a barn, I have nowhere. I'm really politically upset about this. <laughs> I mean, it could be a nice new barn. You know those fancy new barns? Those swanky what ones? What fancy new barns? Those barns. You can get married in. Hold on, hold on. You always cuss me for remixing. You said... I said a, a barn. barn where the animals live in a barn. cleared out for a wedding. It's a nice barn. So so it's not a nice barn because literally it's a barn. There's no shower, no bedroom. No and everything. No You've got a bucket and hay and that's it. And a trough to no. eat. Not all barns are like that. You show me call a farmer. Let's get a farmer on. Call the black farmer. Let me get the black farmer on this show. Talking about the barns. <laughs> I, can't. I would rather live in the barn because I don't want to have barn animals in my house. But you wouldn't know any better because you wouldn't have a house. I would. <laughs> you okay, are a foolish individual. Right. This I can't oh, even. One comment come through from Red Border who says, "Does that mean that you would fart out of your mouth and burp out of your ass?" We don't know Red Border because Auntie Farah pulled ridiculousness out of her hat today. We don't know. I think he's correct. Victoria says, "When you tune in halfway and wonder why the question is being asked." Well, we and we were listening to <laughs> people have no hands play the piano with their feet um it is odd to those with hands but not to those without and that's true 
And that's why I said I would speak out of my bum. You'd still be the only person speaking out of the bum without a deficiency by law or disability. It's not that you're disabled, it's just that you're talking out your bum. That's where my vocal cords are, like Auntie Nana said. Interesting. Amazing. Okay, my turn to welcome to the family. Who I'm welcoming to the family is a young lady called Nunu Obe. Obe? Obe? Obe. I hope she says it like that. Obe, she's Nigerian. I don't know the correct pronunciation. Anyway, Nunu has been an influencer public figure for a little while since the early days of Backchat. Nunu was on one of the early seasons, very early seasons of Backchat when it first broke and took the internet by storm and launched the careers of quite a few, including Esther and, and currently Lani Good and things like that. But what I always loved about Nunu was that she didn't care what she said. Her mouth ran anyhow. And she went toe to toe with lots of guys and also the girls, especially Esther back in the day. And she just held her own and she spoke truthfully about things. I remember there was one kind of controversy that she got a lot of backlash and a lot of guys spoke to her and the girls spoke to her like she was dirt because she talked about having sex on periods. And she said it a bit dramatically, but just to give you context, she was just unafraid to approach to broach subjects that people found taboo. And more recently now, she was in an episode of, I think, was it Backchat, when they were on a retreat and she had a confrontation with Mark Cuban, the man, the guy who's currently accused of physically and verbally and mentally abusing a group of girl, women in the industry and beyond. Uh, she came, went head toe to toe with him in one of the episodes and no one came to her aid. And this has been the legacy of new, like people for some reason don't necessarily like her very much. And she's been challenged a lot, but she's held her own. She's a beautiful young lady. She holds her own. She's got her own like kind of hair brand business. And she's just been able to stand her ground where many would have crumbled. And I'm sure it has hurt her over the years, the way she's been challenged, but she's just been unapologetic. And I think she's a bit of an icon. I think she's a bit of a young icon. So I really want to welcome, she's definitely a new and I got your back Nuno. I've had you back from day one. And um, I rate you for actually in this current time standing up against Mark Cuban. And she released a statement the other day talking on the points where she was left out in the wind by her fellow TV mates in during that episode. But she's just, I just think she's a bad girl. So yeah, that's it. That's my new new. Okay, now you're listening to the show. Please don't forget, as you listen to Aunties Could Never on the podcast side of things, add your reviews, add your comments and your likes and your subscribes and everything because we just like to be loved and we want us to go high, high, high up in the ratings so we can become rich aunties and give you even more rich, warm and fulfilling advice. We want comments like this that we had on YouTube from Misha F. She says, love you guys, your episodes are the highlight of my week and I believe our episodes are the highlight of many of yours weeks and we want you to comment that and feed that back. I don't believe there's anyone that doesn't like what we do. So what I need is for everyone who listens and everyone who watches to leave positive reviews and comments. That's all. My ego needs to be boosted. I want to have big egos. All, all, all of our egos, please. Like, we want big egos. And we respond to comments on YouTube as well. We're interacting with you guys. So communicate Absolutely. with us. Let us know what you think as the show is going on as well. That's it. So, Jale, just make us comments, please. Anyway, moving on. It's time for What Have You Heard, where we talk about what's in the news this week and beyond, and we get into it. So we got a few things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Harry and Meghan. We're going to talk about COVID in China. And my story is, we all have heard about the crazy, I think is in crazy deal, that Pretty with the Home Secretary, Pretty Patel, has agreed with her fellow homie, Boris Johnson, has agreed to send asylum seekers, illegal ones, by the way, who maybe made it over to England on a boat illegally and haven't gone through the proper channels. They will, instead of straight deportation back to where they came from, 
they have the option now to go to Rwanda. Yes, Rwanda, where it says the pilot scheme would initially focus mainly on single men, weird, arriving on boats or lorries and would see them given a one-way ticket for the 4,000-mile trip to Rwanda, where they will be processed and, if successful, would have long-term accommodation in the African country. Pretty Patel says a vast, yeah, vast majority of those arriving in the UK illegally would be considered for relocation to Rwanda. The scheme is one of a number of measures announced to tackle small boat crossings in the channel. Now, the thing that got me, because obviously this, that, this sounds insane to me, this whole thing, and apparently it, cost, it would cost 30 bags or whatever, 30,000 or whatever, per person being sent, which again is wild, because apparently we've got money when we don't have money. Who Go figure. But what stood out for me was that more than 160 charities and campaign groups from the UK network of non-governmental organisations have called the government to scrap the plans in an open letter that described the scheme as shamefully cruel. And as someone said, Enver Solomon, chief executive of the Refugee Council, said the charity was appalled by the government's cruel and nasty decision that would do little to deter people from coming from the country, coming to the country. So though I find this a really mad thing and, yes, it's it's a weird solution, I was really thought, like, how are charities coming to talk about negatively about a country? Because saying it just seemed like a weird juxtaposition. You're a charity that's supposed to be peace, love and helping other countries rebuild you're there calling this scheme cruel and inhumane and a nasty decision and a part of me thought is it like are you saying that being sent to africa is a nasty decision because they're not going to be sent to africa to live in poverty they're actually going to be sent and set up in africa so you're slightly saying that africa is a worse place to go let's talk about the country because we're always saying africa like the, the continent rwanda so let's separate yeah. continent and co- country first well no i don't want to because i also is though it's rwanda it's still the the thing of being sent to africa that's my thing that's okay. my thing so i'm just i wanted to ask what do you what are you lot's thoughts because my when something triggered me when it's like a charity talking negative like that I don't think the charity alone, I think everyone with half a brain has looked at this scheme and said that it's appalling. It's mm. appalling. I don't, and I'd be surprised if the charity didn't say that it's appalling because I don't think the focus is on where they're going. I think it's the fact that England are trying to basically offshore their immigration problem. That's what they're doing. They're sending these people offshore. It's, as you said, it's costing £30,000 to send them and you're saying set them up. But how are they going to make sure that they're giving the Rwandan government a certain amount of money? I think it was in the region of 120 million or something like that. I can't remember what it was. But they're giving them a lot of money to to, to do this. They've signed a deal with them. And part of that includes a one-way flight and, and accommodation once they get there. And they're supposed to be schemes that help them do training and learn and have work opportunities. How are they going to know that this is actually done? And the reason why Preeti Patel was saying that this is being done is because she wants to stop people smuggling. But how does, she, how does she know what's going to happen once these people get to the other side? And what's going to stop people still being smuggled? It's not actually going to stop anything. It's going to continue. And the other thing is, like, a lot of people that cross the channel in these boats, she's saying it's going to be only the single men that are sent to Rwanda. A lot of people come here with papers that aren't real. So how do you know that they're single men? They might be men that have come here before, their wives and children, in order to try and set something up for their wives and children. So they're not actually single men. How do you distinguish who's a single man and who's not a single man? Might be a man who has children, as I've just said. Or it might be a man whose family are on the next boat. We don't know. So I just think that there's so many flaws in it. Even the Archbishop of Canterbury 
in his speech on the weekend, his Easter speech, he said that th this policy does not stand the judgment of God because it doesn't. To me, it's just, and, and let's not think, this is the other thing, let's not think that England are not, Britain are not going to get anything out of this scheme. They are. So when they set, in adverted commas, these people up in Rwanda, what do you think Rwandan government could give them back? It's going to have, it's, they're not doing it for free. Where are they getting this money? It's taxpayers' money that they're using to do this as well. Where's that coming from? So what, at what rate do our taxes go up to accommodate this new scheme? This is the first time that this has been done in the, in the world, apparently, in, in Europe, sorry, not the world, because I think Denmark was, there were certain um people in Denmark that were praising this, certain politicians in Denmark that were praising this scheme and saying that they've looked into doing it as well. But I just don't think that it's going to actually solve anything. It's just going to create more problems. And I just find it inhumane. These people are coming here for a better life. If they wanted to go to Uganda, they would have gone to Uganda. They're not going to Uganda. And I don't, and I don't think it's the whole sending them, to me anyway, it's not sending them off to Africa. That is the issue. It just so happens that Uwanda, because out they Britain tried to get this done in Albania. The Albanians didn't want to go ahead with it. They tried to get it done in Ghana. The Ghanaians didn't want to go ahead with it. It's the Uwandan government that's gone ahead with it. So what, I, I, it just reeks of, I don't know, it, it doesn't sit well with me at all, this whole thing. And I just think that there's going to be more problems with it than there are any benefits. And it is, they're putting a plaster on an issue that is bigger than £30,000. I have a lot of questions in regards to this. But overall, looking through it, listening to Preeti, you can tell that she's lying. This has absolutely nothing to do with people smuggling because it doesn't make sense. Two things don't seem to equate where you have people smuggling and if you just reroute people who would have got here and come inside and then may have had to pay a connection man or whatever. If you just reroute them to Rwanda, if you create a society there, obviously they're go it's just like creating a new land. Like it, the same thing is just going to happen in Rwanda. So I'm seeing lots of parallels with the forming of Australia. And it just feels, so you're trying to, and for the Rwandan government that has been put in place now, is also very Western, kind of heavily influenced and backed and receiving a lot of money from the West. So it is, you've had this genocide. I'm not, to me, so you've had this genocide that's taken place where you killed flipping millions and you have that descent and then you have this new type of Western backing to this new government and you're doing deals to help them with their problems and to create a new society there so if your asylum is seeked and it all goes through and it's fine you now become a Rwandan citizen but you didn't want to be a Rwandan citizen just in the same way with the first lot that went to Australia you were sent there because you were prisoners and then you had to create this land it's, what are they trying to do to set up camp in Africa and to have a different type of base going on there it just feels like a new wave of colonialism they're doing it in a different type of way they're getting around it in a different way. And you have, again, and we've always said this about Preeti, you have this brown face to allow it to take place where you, lots of people aren't openly saying it's racist if it wasn't, because you have this brown woman doing it. But there's, it, it stinks to high heaven of a bag of fuckery. And we don't know how this is going to end up. And for all of those people that are just trying to seek 
to better their lives are being pawns in a chess game. And we don't know what's going to happen to them when they're in Rwanda, how they're going to fit in, the resettling process, when a new set of people come into a land, how they're treated. I have a lot of questions about this. Same. I similarly have a lot of questions. And I, I do think there's racism afoot, in, especially in the reaction to it. I'm just saying, to me, I think there's racism afoot if it was in the West, if they were being sent to America or anywhere that people believe is a first world country, there would be definitely problems about them offloading their refugees. But I think there's an extra thing in the way they're saying it's cruel and inhumane. There's something in that language that means it's because it's going to Africa and going to Rwanda and going to play. Of course, Rwanda's political history is plays a major part in this outrage. And maybe if it was like a more politically stable country, they might be like, oh, but I, I'm just, it's just very interesting to hear the words that are being used to describe these refugees being sent to Africa. I definitely also think about this recolonization, this sidewinding version of colonization. I agree. It's that because it's just, you're putting down these roots. You're having this, it was more than 120 million pounds that UK somehow has going to Africa, to an African country, that deal binds you. No matter what, you then have to step up when they want you. This isn't just a, oh, you're taking these refugees off our hands. UK don't, isn't set up like that. It's not set up like that. There's a lot more sly, a lot more underhand. I don't know what this guy, this president is going to do with the money, whether it's going to go trickle back into the country in any type of way. Um, I'd be, it'll be interesting to hear what Rwanda, Rwandan citizens think of this deal. Mm. And I've seen a lot of people saying, what the hell are you doing? We've got to fix our own country and things like that. But I would love to hear from people on the ground. I just don't, I don't like it because of that. I don't like it because of the deal and how then we're still connected to our colonizers. It's just law. So part of Preeti's speech um, that she made the other day, <clears throat> she said the agreement fully complies with all international and national law and is part of a groundbreaking agreement. The UK is making substantial investment in the economic development of Rwanda. So as I said, and as you've just so eloquently put it, there's gonna be a price to pay for this. Absolutely. You know? It's def it definitely reaches some colonialism. The other interesting thing is if you're sending only men there, which is what they're implying at the moment, what is that going to do to the population? If you've suddenly, and, and Boris has said it's an unlimited amount of people they'll be sending. So it could be tens of thousands of people. What type of the name of slavery is this? Yeah, because literally <laughs> use the words an unlimited amount of people that they're sending there. So if you're sending an unlimited amount of males, into this Rwandan, Rwandan population, what is that going to do for the ratio of men to women? What's that going to do for those people? What's it going to do for black people out there? They don't care about that shit. This is about- well, This is what I'm saying. They literally don't care. They're just creating a problem off of their own doorstep. That's what they're doing. Right. They're sending all these people out there. And again, let's not forget, this is the same government who only a couple of weeks ago were telling the British people to open up their doors and take the Ukrainians for 350 pounds a week, a month, sorry. So all of a sudden, they're saying that because these people are illegal, they don't deserve the same rights as someone who, in their eyes, is fleeing war or fleeing fleeing circumstances that is beyond their control. It's not the same as the Ukrainians, which is basically what they're saying. She's saying, it's Preeti Patel was saying that these people are illegal and often the reasons that they're giving for coming here aren't valid. And yeah. once they get to Rwanda, if those reasons are found to be not valid, they at that point will be sent home. So they will go from traveling across the, the bloody, across the European continent, across the channel to England, then being deported, or not being deported, sorry, then being um, transported, because let's use the right terminology, yeah. transported 
from the UK, four thousands of miles away to Rwanda, only then to be transported somewhere else. And how do we know who, who's keeping records of these people as well? Well, exactly. Where are the records being held of these people? Because a lot of these people come, and they don't have, as I said before, documentation. So anything can happen to them. This because idea it's that, not it's about that it's absolutely about free labour. It's about of course it's, you're that's my point. With slavery. Yes, they're going right. to work. They're all going to get asylum. They are going to yeah. be you're creating a working class to come in and work for peanuts. You're just shifting yeah. slavery. And that's Absolutely. why, it starts with men. That's what they're after. You're going to have men. They are so going to have women there. They're going to be reproducing and you're just going to have... I just did the, the, the maths. It's pretty easy maths. <laughs> no, I did the numbers. It's it, The amount, uh, 120 million divided by 30,000 is 4,000. So Boris is talking about unlimited. It only equates, that money covers 4,000 people. So you're talking about, has, has president of Rwanda actually thought this through? Because Manning Unlimited... Money was for, to, for them to do it. I thought that was payment for this scheme. I didn't think that was to look after them, but that was a separate amount of money. So they got... So hold on, they went, okay, okay, so you've got 120 million to do this. Are you trying to tell me that's just money for your kitty? And then who's paying the 30,000 per person? That's what they are, I think. Yeah, the like the British government that's going to be doing that's that. What I think that's what I think is coming out of the 120 million. Obviously, it's not going to them because the, everyone's going to chop off the top. But because you can do that for less, people are living for less. So you're going to chop off the top. But my point is that covers 4,000 people. Boris is talking about unlimited numbers. But yet, so your money doesn't add up. So you're going to have an influx potentially of countless refugees to a country that's just ah, struggling. No, I, I get what you're saying, but yeah. how I read it, 120 million is to it's the Rwandan government to do this. Because you've got to pay, like when they were doing the new... Um, I understand, but so where's it's like yes. you paid for it to happen. So no, the thousand per person, they're saying is cheaper to pay for them to be housed in Rwanda over there than if they were in uh, the deportation centres over here. They're saying that I, get, I listen. I get that, but my point is where because Rwanda doesn't have thirty thousand per no, unlimited. The British person. government. The British government are going to be paying for it continuously. Yes, that's what they're saying, but they're obviously not going to pay that because the person that. is going to get asylum and they're going to have to work. <laughs> it's like and it's not going to cost them that. So the, um, also in the report, it's like saying in Belgium, the Flemish far right approve of this. <laughs> and the Belgian immigration minister is approves of this. It's just, this is a far right disposal of the ethnics. Let's not have them in our Western pure lands. Let's have them over with the blacks because they'll take them and they owe us anyway because they withdrew themselves from slavery. And they, they caused us a, a deficit in money. So let's just get them back in this way. Um, let's get the comments. Okay, let's the comments. Just read one more thing. There was a politician, a Labour shadow government Home Secretary, Yvette Cooper. She said, there is no information from the Home Secretary about the cost today. The 120 million she has announced doesn't pay for a single person to be transferred. And it doesn't actually, there is no agreement on price. It's just 120 million is, as Auntie Nana said, what she's paying you under. It is, it's not the the payment of transportation per person. Um, Mr. Mr. Vincent, there was a little clip of him on a news um, report of Vincent Baruta. I was saying Rwanda's Minister of Foreign Affairs says that 
he made a clip, he made a point saying we'd prefer not to receive people from neighboring countries like DRC, Burundi, Uganda, or Tanzania. And apparently people are saying it's taken out of context. I haven't watched the whole thing, the whole press conference. That's funny because in Preeti's speech over there, she named um, the D- Democratic Republic of Congo as one of the countries that they've taken people from. That's what she said. She said in her speech, Rwanda has a great history of, of in, on immigration and has taken people from such and such and such and such countries. So what I was going to say is that he, but that that quote apparently has been taken out of context because he did say there are other channels for um, immigration from other places, but for this particular scheme. They prefer not to receive people from neighbouring countries like DRC, Burundi, Uganda, Tanzania. So that I guess I wonder if that means that, again, the finer details of the contract means you, you can't be taking other Africans in and prospering other Africans, because that's what it would mean. If you're going to talk about, yeah. you're going to get it's, prosper, it's, it's, it's empowering other Africans. So he's making it clear, unfortunately, not for this particular scheme. You can do the other channels that we do, but we don't have money for those ones, potentially. This one is a, a Western deal that actually they have to be of a certain background, but not from our neighboring countries. Because that would make perfect sense that if an African country welcomed this African immigrants, empowered ourselves within ourselves. Nonsense. I get it. Because if you take in the neighborings and then the British government or the Belgian government as well are paying for them to be like climatized and so you're going to give them accommodation and everything else you can just take all of the perks of doing this route and then go to your neighboring country they make out like this is a really simple thing to happen like when you leave and you're on a boat that you're not risking your life every single day to do this like somebody is going to do all of that to do well in Rwanda it's so fucked up and it really plays a trick on humans like you start to lose the humanity and what somebody's going through because then it all turns into it's all about money but that's how they're going to get people as well and people to be compliant with this fuckeries pretty's name is so ironic it's so like it's so ironic (laughs) can we get the comments please okay i'll start with victoria randa is one of the fastest growing economies in africa largely because but Kagimi rejected France and a whole bunch of Europeanisms. If they were being sent to Brussels, the outrage will not be the same. Casual racism aside, this is Kagimi we are talking about, problematic as fuck. If there is one African leader who will make Pretty regret the day that she was born down the line, it is Kagemi. This will come back to haunt them big time. Bear in mind, he also struck a deal to send refugees who settled in Rwanda to the UK. And why don't both keep their respective refugees in the first place. Technically, once you settle in Rwanda, you can come back. I, yeah, I get it. Wow. Okay. I'm going to jump to Ronald, who says, if the refugees are going to receive job training, isn't that unfair to unskilled, unemployed Rwandans? Could be. Then Victoria concludes with, the Nigerian government took in criminals on death row in China as free labour for construction sites. No one cared that the worst DNA from China is being mixed with Nigerians. Uh, Surprise, loads of Niger China babies. Free was all they heard. Let's also not forget that African leaders are ruthlessly capitalistic with very little understanding care for for the racial nuances. There's a lot. That was a lot. We should definitely go into that on another show and discuss that. Yeah, most definitely, because, yeah. All right, Auntie Farah, what have you heard? Sorry, let me just get to my new story. I was too busy reading Carl Rittenhouse's 
dumb comment there. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, <laughs> we need all the comments. So, as you all know, the Queen's Jubilee is coming up. And Harry and Meghan have been invited to make an appearance at the Jubilee, but they can only uh, make an appearance on the balcony. They are allegedly not allowed to make any uh, an appearance in any other celebrations. So my question to you is a little bit like the Will Smith one last week. Would you go if you were Harry and Meghan? Would you make an appearance on the balcony knowing that you can't actually participate in anything else? What are the anything else's that's going on with them? That well, there's of... a whole celebration. There's like the street stuff. There's there's going to be like the when she's in her car and she not her car, her horse and carriage, and she goes around and there's lots of celebrations going on around the Queen's Jubilee, which is why there's another bank holiday. But they're not allowed to do anything official other than stand on the balcony and wave. Oh, no, that's meant... waving. So they're not allowed yeah. to go to any of the parties because there's going to be lots of invites with the Queen with with Prince. The four day celebration. Yeah, there'll be all of those things that are happening in Buckingham Palace, all of the palaces, and then the official stuff that would probably be happening at number 10 and bits like that, all of those garden parties, I guess. They are not going to be official members of the royal family to be rolled out and meet people. I, I wouldn't give a shit. What, yeah. What, what, who cares? I, I, I would do the waving from the balcony. Like and then go about my business. I really wouldn't mind. They they actually didn't they step down from all of that anyway. Yeah, apparently. So I think it's fair. I think it's again. Is this it's, sorry? Is this um one hundred percent confirmed that is this like a, an official source that they're not going to be anywhere else but the balcony? Well, that's what all the sources are saying. But you can yeah. only go as far as you can without it being a statement from the back from the palace. Yeah, the sources have proven so unreliable up until this point. However, if it's like, depending on if that's true, to me it's dumb because like you can wave from the balcony. What does that mean? It doesn't show solidarity if you're not allowed to go anywhere else. So waving from the balcony is pointless. So on that principle alone, I'm not going because it's dumb. Either we're in it and we're doing our thing or we're not because waving from the balcony means nothing. And it just fuels more fire for the stupid trolls, for the people that make ill-informed comments and reactions to a family that they, I mean, to a family that they do not know what the hell's going on behind closed doors. I don't know what, why my, I have an obsession with looking at Megan comments and just, just trying to get into the mind of the mad people on, on out there that literally comment with so much. She's, I saw she's a boiler, but a boiling, a bunny boiler, which who's brainwashed her husband. You're still saying that. I don't understand. What more can they do to show that they're cool? That Harry's cool, Meghan's cool. There's so much just confidence on the online. And it's not always just trolls and bots. It's actual people with actual profiles commenting with just dumb confidence. Yeah, I just find, I just feel like I personally wouldn't go if all I'm doing is waving on the balcony because it's dumb. Unless there's an actual common sense realisation between the family that this is why this has to happen. For anything more... That something that's more deeper than protocol, something that makes sense to something in our lineage, in our family setup, why I'm only going to be able to wave from the balcony. If there's no real viable reason, fuck it, I'm not going. We can sit in the front room, have a chat, watch TV, and then I'm going to go. When you're not going out to all those parties, I'm going to go back to my babies and have fun in my country, my new country, and go about my business. I'm not sitting there waving from a balcony just to show face for what? 
sorry, incenses me. <laughs> so there's apparently going to be eight, at least eight official celebrations for the Queen's Jubilee. And as I said before, Harry and Meghan are only allowed to go. There's actually two things they're allowed to go to. They're allowed to go to the church service and on to the balcony. But they're not allowed to be in any of the official parties or street celebrations for the Queen during her Jubilee. And when they say official street parties, is it anyone... Okay, official street parties are around Parliament, Buckingham Palace, yeah. right? Is there a reason as to why? Because they're not royal. They're not... They're not part of it. Yeah. They're not official royal working members, are they? Precisely that. that. That's what they step down from. Stupidity. Yeah. It's stupidity. It's stupidity. But because... The reason why I was saying it is because, for me, it's not so much official royal work, is it? It's the Queen's Jubilee. It's her celebration. It's his grand's celebration. So I suppose that there's that that side of me that, like, it, I understand if he was going out and doing the roles that they were doing before. But if it's a celebration where all of your family are there celebrating your grandmother's achievement, it seems a bit, like, sad that he can't participate in anything other than going to the church and sitting on the balcony. But then again, maybe that's all that they want to do. He obviously has a relationship with his grandmother outside of the media and I think that's probably the most important thing that there is despite what the, the media wants to say about it there was an article that I read and it was like why has Megan left without Harry because she's got two babies and they didn't bring their kids with them that's why like why, why is it a thing it's like you said Auntie AK why do people need to comment on it I think if I was Harry I probably would go on the balcony because it's a good family picture as well isn't it <laughs> In years to come, it's a good family picture. He probably wants to be there as much as he can for his gran, because she's his gran first, isn't she? Yeah, I think in that situation I would go. But, and then I'd fuck off back home because I don't want to be part of that bullshit anyway. What's surprising to me is there's all this press about what Harry and Meghan are going to do, but I haven't seen a single thing about what Andrew's going to do. Not one. Of course. Is he going to be on the balcony? Is he going to be on the balcony? He'll be on the balcony in the back. He'll be there. It will be too big. Well, hold on. Here's a line. It says that she, the Queen, allegedly has asked Prince Harry, sorry, Prince Andrew, to support her as she walks. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Like, bun the whole damn thing. That's that's my sentiments as well. <laughs> like, like, the quicker they're all removed from this role, the better. <laughs> yeah. It's nonsense. You no, know, like beyond nonsense. That's why I'm like, I'm not going. Anyway, Auntie Nana, I what have you a, I have a comment from Victoria who oh, said, yeah. wherever they are, Meghan and Harry will still get the most attention. Sorry, Camilla. And it is what it is. It is literally what it is. And it's dumb. All of it is dumb. Standing on a balcony for what? And I can't go to celebrate my nan. I'm going. That's the thing with me. I'll be like, I'm there. What are you doing? You're going to forcibly remove me. If It's either I go and you just have it and just allow me or... I'm not doing the balcony. It's one or the other. Don't be stupid. My whole grand. Fuck protocol. Uh, he has black family now. Yeah. He he doesn't want to be a part of this pomp and ceremony anyway. He finds it boring as hell. Like I know him. But I know he knows this is dry. He yeah, it's it. true. I mean, he said it. I mean, he said, he said he feels sorry for his brother and his dad. He sees yeah. that. Anyway, he probably told them, I ain't going to anything other than waving on the balcony and I'll do a little procession thing with the... And now they got to try and spin it to all of us. Oh, he's not been allowed. They didn't want to do anything else. Realistically, the royal family are probably like really want Harry and Meghan to do a little bit more. 
to prove that they are not racist. They probably want them to do more. I think it's good. Stay there. There is that. Call and wave. There right. is that indeed. All right, what have you heard? Okay, so my story, I, I'm hoping you guys have seen it and everybody around the world has now seen what's happening in China, in Shanghai, where they have had a three-week lockdown so far. And it's, I think it's like almost 30 million people are in their houses and complaining that there's not enough food. There's been lots of videos going around of various people in their tower block houses, like how it's all set up in Shanghai, screaming and shouting through the night. So many different angles of people like pixelating their faces, because if they're found to be talking about the Chinese government, you can be put in various camps. They have COVID places where if you have positive COVID results, you're locked up in a, a block of flat with other people or you're in big, large hospitals or stadiums removed from your family because you have the Omicron um, virus. So far in these three weeks, there's only been one death. But for some reason, the Chinese government are hell bent on having a zero COVID rate nobody kind of really understands but again nobody politically is really stepping in because it's China to condemn them to do anything about it and it's only been reported in the last week and this has been going on for ages so my question to you guys is like what do you think of the treatment but also does the treatment in China and what was happening in Australia as well where they were removing people and putting them into COVID camps and it's a similar thing that they're doing in China. Does that scare you that potentially that kind of treatment could be done over here? Yeah, it can be. I, I think it's like all the governments are flexing their muscles and seeing how they ways to recontrol the nation because the internet has broken down all the barriers. The internet has offered us a lot of freedom that I don't think people foresaw. When the beast grows bigger, then the trainer can train it and control it. Mm -hmm. And you unleash this thing, you gave us freedom to connect with each other because it helped you as a government obviously to make technology advance and get your power up. However, people power, humans adapt as well. And they're forgetting the power of human connectivity. That's why they try and keep us isolated by all these rules, borders, tribal wars and instigation to make us all at loggerheads with each other in so many different ways. And But when we pause and get information, and especially speaking from as a black person, the fact that we've started to connect each other I'm not saying we're the only catalyst, but when black people start to connect and unite, the world starts to get panicky. The government, the Western governments, undoubtedly get panicked. And so there's looking at ways to recolonize the mind of all the people who've been freed by the internet. And I think it's just as simple as that. So I think there's definitely ways. The UK, the West are going to do it in ways that make us think we're still free, but they're going to implement things like, yes, sending random as asylum seekers to an another country by upping the states when it comes to upping our rates and our housing and stuff like that. So then they, there's the great reset when they start looking at universal incomes and make us depend. So we don't own anything. We're dependent on the state to survive, removing that freedom and controlling the media as they do now. We're, the media is manipulated by bullshit and by having a dictator in charge. We've got Boris, John um, Boris Johnson who has committed ultimate, <laughs> ultimate governmental treason, but he's still in power. Yeah, you're still on the throne. How in days before, yon before, this would never happen. Never ever happen. This man has lied. He's cheated. He's broken laws. He's just done anything recklessly with a hairstyle of an abomination on his head. <laughs> and you are just still in power. 
And you, and like I said, keep Africa's name out my fucking mouth, out your fucking mouth. <laughs> Don't talk like I, I, I. Yes, is my very long answer to that. Yes, it can happen over here. It will just be done in ways where we don't think it's the same because they definitely don't want to look like the brown, the yellow and the black people. However, we, they can definitely do it over here. And it is scary. But I think they're all trying different methods on how to control the people because we're too free. Obviously, people in China and certain countries that are under that communist rule don't have the same freedoms. However, it is what it is. Yeah, I don't think anything is impossible in this country. I just... What I do know is there is an illusion of freedom in this country. So whilst we think we're a lot more freer than in countries that you would say are under, what's the word? I'm going to forget dictatorship. it. Dictatorship. We're under a dictatorship. So many things have taken place in Britain that the British people do not want to go ahead. So many things. And we don't have a say. So that is a dictatorship. But they give us the illusion of freedom by giving us a little to think that we have a lot. And yeah. it's that you're enslaved in your mind as opposed to physically enslaved, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. I definitely think that could happen here. I think that we were locked down a few times where probably we weren't, we didn't need to be. And that's not to say that I'm one of these people that thinks that COVID isn't real. I do think that it's real. And I do think that there were parts, points where we didn't need to be locked down. But if you've got Boris partying away and say and his government now saying that they ambushed him with a cake that's what the news reports are saying now he was ambushed the, the politicians come forward and saying he, we ambushed him with this cake he didn't want to accept it if you've got stuff like that happening and very high level politicians having affairs behind doors whilst they're supposed to be two meters away from everybody else and doing all of these things whilst the great british public are sacrificing and not being able to see their loved ones who are dying in hospitals then yes i think that anything is possible and i think that this could definitely happen here we're not the uk is not innocent of absolutely or any better than them i i was watching so many different perspectives and people talking and talking about their experiences from going to work and hearing like their work building like the next door work building had been shut down and people weren't allowed to leave that building to go home because somebody in the building had got COVID. And so then they're scared and thinking, are we even going to be allowed to go home? Then you'll go home and then it's somebody in our block may have it. Then your block gets locked down and that kind of spreading before they did a total lockdown. But it's the measures that they're taking where they're putting stickers on doors. And if you break the seal then you can be arrested for doing that. So it's not even like they're locking you in. They're doing like lots of psychological things where you can't leave. You don't get proper access to food. So you're having to like bulk buy and hope that it be delivered. And have you seen like the pictures of the cats in bags, like people losing their pets because they can't feed them? So it's, and the ones that were on the streets because you can't get back into the building because the buildings are shut down. So there's lots of animals that were being out and about. A cat would roam. But then they're not having any access to food because all of the shops are closed and there's not like bits and pieces on the streets. And I was just like, this is crazy that one of the richest countries in the world can do this to their citizens and nobody else is responding. But you guys are going ham for leather talking about Russia invading the Ukraine and what's happening, what a government's doing to its people doesn't seem to get near any mention same with australia what was going on there it's like everybody was like oh this is just happening in australia that signifies to me that they could easily do this 
all around the world and they're probably watching China and thinking, actually, okay, so they're rising up a little bit, but it hasn't turned into a civil war. How long can they do this to these people for? And it's not turning into a civil war. Hmm, we could probably do this over here in our country. Like I, I always think there's those measures that are going on when governments are not condemning it, like they're actually watching how many people can you subdue before it turns into a civil war? It's like they're, they're gauging our tipping points to see, oh, you can lock up a few million and nothing really happens. So they could totally do that over here and we would probably all comply. I think, though, the only thing I would say to that is that because people from China have had that existence since their existence, so it's every culture has its own personality of how they act. Because like, they always say, like, in France, people rebel for, for, for less whereas we don't fight the same way. So it depends on which government's watching what and how, that's why I think yeah, every country will watch tactics, but see how they can apply it to their people and see what we react to. Because I think, I agree, but I think that I don't know if all the tactics that they do in China work in every single country. I guess everyone's taking tips. No, no but they're doing all of them. But you're yeah. watching how. They'll watch who compliant. and how. Yeah. But we're, we're all being compliant at this moment. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. True, 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 true. Like we've all set a real tone that two members, hype, flipping the prime minister and the chancellor, can disobey the law, get a fine, and still have jobs. That literally yeah. is the definition of a dictatorship. Like, we're not, when we're not you've got it. Like, Keir Starmer yeah. wasn't like, I'm taking over parliament. None of that took place. Everybody is being like, oh, okay. And that's not even news anymore. It's like, not news, news anymore. anymore. They've moved on. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say that also, the other thing is that the, the deal between China and the rest of the world, what is that deal? What is that conversation? Is, what is the sign on the dotted line between them? That they Because when the world doesn't react, is it because they feel like they, they can't? Or I because... It's that. I think that's what it is. I think China has basically said to the rest of the world, leave us the fuck alone. We're going to do what we're going to do. We, we don't interfere in what you, you lot are doing. Leave us the fuck alone. We don't need you. Leave us alone. I pretty much feel like that's what it is because, do you know what? They pick on people who they know that they can have up. That's what they do. Yeah. And that whilst they're not going to implement everything that yeah. China or any other country has done, they're going to look at what these countries have done yeah. and they're going to do what their version of that is to us. Because we are pretty compliant here. They told us, don't have parties, don't go see your loved ones, don't go do all this. And a vast majority of the population agreed with and complied with that. Yeah. In fact, I would say, I'd go as far as to say that 90% of the population probably complied with that. I would say so. And then to the rest of the population, to their absolute detriment. And then the ones, and then the 10% who did it, who were caught and were fined, like AJ Tracy. He was fined £10,000. When Boris was fined how much? They won't even tell us. And the reason why they weren't, did they have this in it now? I thought it was fifty pounds. I thought that was like it was one. The first report said that some MPs were charged were fined fifty pounds. They haven't really. Listen, yeah, they haven't. We know first and foremost, just as lip service. That, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They fine. haven't said how much it was. They just said it's a PCN, and you know that a PCN can be between this much and between that much. And oh, if you okay, pay it okay. fourteen days, yeah. it can be. It can go down to, to thirty pounds. Bro, they're not getting. We don't even know what he's paid, 
And it's very interesting to me that no one will say what the amount was. It's, yes, we're just we're in a dictatorship. They should just allow it. They might, as well, they might as well just t- you just tell us what to do tomorrow. Just tell me what to do in it, because then let me figure it out. And um, I just as we wrap up, we do. That, I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago, but because we're talking about <laughs> poverty, climate, you know, inv- you know, control. The article: the moon should be privatized to help wipe out poverty on Earth. Economists say. <laughs> what? Hang on. The moon should be privatized. To help out poverty on Earth. They're saying, according to a strange report, this article in Indy 100, the little pamphlet from The Independent, privatizing the moon is the next bright idea to help wipe out poverty on Earth. According to a strange report by neoliberal think tank, the Adam Smith Institute, the satellite should be divided into parcels of land and assigned to different countries to rent out to businesses, boosting the economy. The economists also reckon this would boost space tourism, exploration and discovery. Economic researcher Rebecca Lowe, who compiled the report said a clear morally justified and efficient system for assigning and governing property rights in space will present vast benefits that go beyond financial rewards for people who will become owners. Such a system would incentivize responsible stewardship of space as well as opportunities for new scientific discovery and democratized space exploration. And now, as I always want to know, where is Africa and the Caribbean in this conversation about privatizing the moon to eradicate Earth poverty? Just wanted to know before we move on. Who decides who gets how much? No. Whose decision is that? Because doesn't the moon belong to everybody on Earth? Hold on. The Outer Space Treaty, drawn up at the United Nations in 1967, currently bans countries and individuals from owning property in space. But they are still keen on the idea. The Institute's head of research, Daniel Pryor, said property rights play a key role in in boosting living standards, innovation and human dignity here on Earth. The same would be true if we apply this logic to space, which presents a unique opportunity to start afresh when designing effective rules of ownership. We just all need to go. Like, (laughs) this is ridiculous. And the the earth doesn't own the moon the moon owns the moon it's just there in it doing its thing and it's just doing its thing it moon's just mooning and then the earth is now you've got flipping little humans inside <laughs> of us talking about now going to own the moon is anyway and they called it a satellite is literally it's yeah. whatever just to go back actually it like fits in with this i was watching a news report and there were scientists who had chained themselves to a building in America talking about climate change. And one of the scientists was crying and pleading with the cameraman saying, I have tried every way, we are trying every way to tell the world that the world is ending if we don't change our ways. And we're trying, and then there was a policeman to the side that it was literally like a scene out of Don't Look Up. The policeman said, Sir, you have a minute and then I'm gonna arrest you. And he and he's pleading to the camera, crying, like, please, everybody, we need to save the earth. We don't have much time. And then we saw him being arrested, and then they just cut to a new segment. These guys don't see- know what's going on. They wanna leave. They like, no, they need to leave Earth because we're fucking it up. And did you see the GMB? Yeah, the GMB interview, and it was Richard Madeley and this, I forget her name, some environmentalist anyway. And they did, what they did was they cut from Richard Madeley and this woman to scenes from Don't Look Up because 
she's there having a serious conversation and telling him what's going on and we've got a limited amount of time to save the earth. And he said to her, but aren't the clothes that you're wearing a result of fossil fuels? You know, where have they come from? (laughs) And she said, we need to stop burning fossil fuels. But the clothes that you're wearing, you're wearing clothes. It was so ridiculous. Like, I don't oh, know well, how it's going to end, but it's going to end and it's going to be like, oh, they really did try and tell us, you know. Listen, <laughs> listen that, that might have been a Freudian slip than calling the moon a satellite. We'll see, because we are in the Truman Show. Did you watch, has anyone seen that film with Halle Berry in it? And it's called Moonfall? I didn't. <laughs> like, yeah. basically, the moon isn't real. Like, yes. it's, it's an arc. Yeah, and the engine of the moon is a dwarf star. And the dwarf star is, as I said, the engine. But it's with the moon itself, what you're on the outside is just a shell. And it's yeah. an arc inside. And it's got like fields and spaceships and everything. And like the genetic model for life as we know it. And yeah. All I want everybody watching and listening to do, <laughs> first of all, governments, remove yourself from this conversation. Don't listen to us. We're just crazy black aunties. However, <laughs> our real friends and followers, hear what the aunties are saying, y'all. Sort yourself out. Auntie Shade's got her escape bag. I'm, I'm going to pack one too. We will meet us on the corner of the hill. You'll know what hill it is, and we will start the movement to where we're going to go. I'm not going to reveal everything now, but we've got a plan, an escape route. That's all I'm saying, man. Crazy aunties, just don't worry about it. We so need an escape route. Need one for real. Like, honestly. We All right, let's move on because whatever the government. All right, we're moving to <clears throat> aunties know best. 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 They 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 know best, they know best. Because we are the aunties who know best. <laughs> we could actually go to the studio and Literally, we can go to the studio on this one. Who know? Yeah. We could. Aunties you know, know big up your chest. Big up your chest. Yeah. And the rest of the This is abuse in the workplace, right? This is abuse in the workplace. Because the aunties know best. I've told you that I'm uncomfortable about something and you persist. It is abuse. How about you are quenching the creativity of your colleagues at work? No, it, this is abuse. That is creative control. No, it's abuse. Taker. It's abuse. It's no. Have you got one? Has anyone got one? Oh, I I've got one. one. I'm actually going to keep talking. <laughs> I actually have one. Uh, oh, oh, did you decide to have one just randomly? Did I decide to? I've had loads the last few weeks. No, I'm, I'm saying because it wasn't your go, but I'm just saying. Okay, got no, cool then. We can maybe talk about it if this once we do this one. Um, can I just go to a, 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 it's a, it's a question. Has AK considered auto-tune from Ronald? I, uh, Ronald, I don't know what that means. I don't know if you're dissing <laughs> me or your a compliment. But also, I think you know what he means. It doesn't mean anything <laughs> to me, what you're saying. Because what I know, I know my heart and my vocal cords that I'm a bad girl singer. And my jingles will go far and wide and live on forevermore. When we, that will be the beacon call on our travels to safety. So you shush, Mr. <laughs> Ronald. Um, but I also want to get an auto tuner because that will make me go even deeper into 
my let me do this one because it is like topical it's anatomy of the scandal i don't know if you guys are watching it it's a new series that's come to um netflix is um, breaking it's number one it's apparently beaten all the odds of Bridgerton, and it's now rated number one. It's really, they're releasing it episodically. I think it's six episodes. First episode is up now on UK Netflix. Not sure if it's global Netflix, but have a look out. It shouldn't take long if it's not in your territory just yet. So okay. the nutshell is, so I'm just going to pose it to you as the dilemma. Mm-hmm. What would you do if your husband is in the public eye and the story breaks that he's having an affair? His job depends on him being in a secure, loving family and his PR are warning you, you cannot leave for the optics you have two children you've been married for a lifetime and as more is revealed it actually happens that your husband's been accused of rape and it has to stand trial what would you do or what should the wife do okay all right if i totally believe that my husband hasn't raped this person but has consensually had sex and so he's had an affair, I would probably stand by him because he is the father of my children. So I'm not gonna go through with the divorce until after the trial has had its reign and everything else. It would really depend on the situation and how it first comes to light. But if I believe him, for as long as I believe that he just had an affair, I would stick by him because of his profile and our family's profile and for my family's well-being. If then I start to believe that he definitely did rape this woman, I don't care what the PR person is saying, I'm off. It doesn't matter how that's gonna go down. I I would want nothing to do with it. And so me and my kids are gonna go elsewhere. But for some time, I may stay about, I would stay there. Antifa. Yeah, I agree. If I think that he's raped somebody, I'm off. I don't care what anyone's saying. I don't care what's going to happen to him because you're a rapist and you're filth. If I think that he's had an affair, I I also don't know if I'd say. I don't know. I'd have to... Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it's one of those difficult ones because you know when it's the optics, when your whole life is invested in the public eye business, I think people are always like, well, we'll just leave. And sometimes it's not always as easy as that. Even a day-to-day relationship, it's like... Are you going to leave? It was like, no, I'll leave them. And I'm not going to leave them. Da, da, da. I'm going to stick by my family. So I, I, this, it's the extra public eye element. It's the fact that the guys, in this case, he's an MP. Um, your career depends on that 2.4 family look. And you have that. And then even you as a woman, especially if you're married into that ideal, so that means you don't necessarily have your own independence. Removing yourself from that setup potentially crumbles your whole world and starting again in that outlook. But I think my answer is similar to you guys, but I, it would be a hard... I wouldn't walk out the door straight away, possibly. I'd probably figure out how to fig- how to work it. and then, But in the end, emotion's going to get the better of me and I probably would end up leaving because it's humiliation. We'll yeah. see. But anyway, guys, watch Anatomy of a Scandal. It's on Netflix. And let's reconvene when it's finished, if you so desire to watch it. Okay, I will give it a go. Go on. Does uh, Farah have one? It? Yeah, your dilemma, Farah. Okay, so this I saw on uh, Tinternet. And it says, I'm 21 and my girl is turning 17 in two months. Oh, but God. what's the actual issue? Because at the end of the day, most of our parents have a five to 10 year age gap. It's hypocrisy all round. They actually said big hypocrisy all round. I, Do you I thought... think it's hypocritical? Do you see a problem with the five year age gap between a 21 year old and a 17 year old? Soon to be 17 at that. Yeah, sorry, soon yeah. to be 17. 16 years old, and this person is 21, and they don't see a problem. Like, th- come on, bruv. Like, 
nah, that's, that's off as hell. Do you know what? It is that whole thing that we've all talked about. There is that space between legality, like yesterday I'm 16, tomorrow I'm 17. And there is that space in grouping when you're going out up and down where you could buck up into somebody that looks similar age and but the day the difference is a thing so if that person i think first of all i think this is a troll and i think it's someone just trying to get attention talking shit because they know what the deal is that you actually know what the deal is but in the reality of it i can't say i was never in that situation but i cannot say at 16 if i saw a 21 year old that i would be like think it's necessarily wrong potentially especially at in a there was a time during college that transition between high school college and college students being in that environment, going raving and stuff, it wouldn't be hard to cross paths with someone who's older than me, but I wouldn't feel like they were older than me because we're in the same circles, potentially. So I can understand the boundary flaunting or flaunting, whatever the word is, between it. However, the person is being stupid because you know how the world society is set up. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying I can see where it gets murky at that teenage, twen early 20-dom mixing pot, especially in the days of when we used to go raving and stuff and in clubs and meeting guys. And I can see the blurred lines. I hear, I hear. I, I hear what you're saying, but he's the adult in this scenario. Yeah, of course. Mm. I, I definitely hear what you're saying about being 16 and seeing guys that are in their 20s and thinking, oh, they're nice. Like, what's the problem? Yep. It's four years. But I'm 16 and of they're course. 20. So they should see the issue. Just if I'm 20 and a 16-year-old is looking at me, I see the issue because I'm 20. Yeah. There is a, is a period of time where you are still a child and someone else is an adult. And you have to look at, why does that adult person want to be with someone who is still mentally developing, physically developing, because they are a child? Yeah. There's that. And it's not, and if this person was 17, not just about to turn 17, I'd still have an issue with it. Because yeah. I can say hands on heart, my niece is going to be 18 in a minute. If I heard that she's chatting to a 22-year-old, I want to talk to the 22-year-old and ask him, why are you chatting to my niece? Because what's that? You're 22. There are certain things that you're mentally aware of that a teenager is not, or you're at, let me say, your average teenager is I not. I don't know. I'm like I 18 to 22. I can understand 18 to 22 way me more. Me too. I can understand 18 to 22 more than Because of, because of university. That's how I group it. It's the 16-year-old. Yeah. If you're a two-year-old, even if, the, okay, so they're doing their A-levels or they're doing a B-tech or whatever they're up to, it's but they're in college, the 21-year-old who's gone through education is actually finishing university or mm -hmm. they've been working for a while. Those parts of your life are so different in the 16-year-old as attractive. That, yeah. for me, is like, I can see why the 16-year-old is going to see you as attractive. Absolutely. you're it's really impressive. You're going to seek that. But for the older one, yeah. I think you have emotional issues and you were probably going to manipulate this young That's, girl who doesn't know about the world yet. manipulation that the younger person could be, not male or female, could be subjected to because yeah. someone is older and, and able to influence them in a certain yeah, way. Exactly. And that younger person may feel like they need to do stuff. To impress them. Because, um, the person is, exactly. the person. You know, I've, I've also, it's like, grown, 
Because also, it's like, when, whenever guys do, well, whenever guys are in this situation, it's like there's so many other people to pick from. Why do you have to target the school gate? It's like there's all just, I don't know. Yeah, no, it is exactly that. It's, it's, it's the naivety of young girls. They're eager yeah. to please. You're going to be able to mould them. And they talk about it. I don't even think in society this is seen as bad. I don't think amongst guys in their peer groups, they police this in any way. I think it's very normal to have a younger girl. And it's only because of the law. Yeah. I think it's normal. I think it's usually older women, and not even older men, I think it's usually older women who remember when you were 16 and how you could be easily manipulated and probably went through a succession friends that just did a lot of fuckeries to you. And if they were able to do that because I was so young and they were older yeah. and he, I, I want to please them. And that's what they will work on. And then before, as you get older, you are like, I was really young and naive. And all he had to say was, oh, I like you. Or I like you wearing this. Or, and then, that's it. You're off. You're off in the fairies with them. And, and men know that. I think they absolutely are okay with a younger girl being around their boys and them finding their friends and all of that. Think they do not give a. They don't care at all about the. Age. Also, when yeah, when you're that age, things happen to you that you probably think are okay. Kind yeah. of like what you just said, but I mean, like actual physical things happen to you that yeah. you don't actually see as abuse because you just think it's normal because you don't know what is normal and what's not exactly. normal yet because you're 16. So yeah, it's, it's, it's dodgy as hell that to me. I, I think that and it carries on in life because as you get to a, a mature age, the men are encouraged to seek someone younger because women of their age group don't part with the bullshit. Very, yeah. we're speaking in broad stroke terms, not everybody. However, in that consensus, it's like the older guy goes for the younger woman. He's not gonna challenge them or in a way that an older woman would. And yeah, that's the reason why they would ever say don't go for a younger because you might get arrested. But it's not because it's that's the only thing. It's because you might get arrested, not necessarily following through that. What are you doing to manipulate that mind? I've never I've, I'm sure this conversation has had has been had. But I've never really heard men exploring it like actually this woman needs this young girl needs room to grow and find her own mind before we as men come and impose our older mindset onto them. I've never heard that discussion. I've only heard it stop at. You don't want to trouble the young things because you're going to jail. That's it. Yeah. Never yeah. any nuance. It's usually women that say this is the reason why you shouldn't go for young people, women, young girls. Never men. I know I'd love to, I'd love a man to step up and say, actually, these are the conversations I've had with my son and my nephews and my homies, that the reason why we should leave the younger women alone is because we don't need to influence them, let them explore themselves. But remember, the independent woman is a danger threat. And do you remember there was that breakfast club where Kanye West is talking about Tiger. And he was like, Tiger's smart. He got um, Kylie early. And he was going out with Kylie when she was, she turned in 17. Very yeah. soon, he was firm. Yeah, very young. But that was the mindset. He literally was like, Tiger was smart. He got her early. And it's like, what type of shit is that? And none of them were like, that's gross. That's disgusting. They laughed about it and like moved on. And I think that's the... Those are the dodgy grounds, and it usually is when you're older. I definitely remember being 16. Most of my boyfriends then were older. There was there yeah. wasn't another 16-year-old. It's like they were 18 and older, and that just yeah. seemed absolutely normal. And it is like actually 
what, what, why are you hanging around with me? I can't even do the same things. I can't go to the same places you can go. I found myself there, but I shouldn't have been there. And those are the, the, the blurred lines. Even going into a club at 16, I don't think I looked older to get into an we over 18. Really we said this before. all men. They let we you were in. not challenged. Yeah, we right. were not challenged at 16 going clubbing. Not at all. It's as like, we were older, people wanted to ask for ID. No, I don't. We didn't have to have ID, provide ID, not once. Being yeah. Going to yeah, no, um, not at all. Little girls in little clothing, trying to act grown, and it's bouncers that are big ass men who probably have daughters our age that were like, yeah, come in. They know it's all set up. They know what they're doing. You go to the bar, nobody's asking you for any ID. You're just buying drinks. All of that shit. They know what they're doing, and there definitely is an economy in a young female. And Absolutely. all of the rappers, they do it with singers. It's like cashing on young females' naivety and run Russia on them. And then you want to be like, oh, but she's mad. And what turned her mad? Probably a whole load of yeah. you fuckers doing fuck shit to her. And now she's just mad, insecure, defensive, wants to fight everybody and is a loose cannon because she wasn't treated with love. Yeah, basically. Let's get the comments. Okay, so we have Victoria says it is more about maturity and emotional intelligence. The age gap might be the same, but the lived experience of a 16 year old is different to a 35 year old. Ronald says a 16 year old girl wouldn't know what consent is and a 20 year old man knows that she doesn't. Exactly that. I, I think it's, we need to put it out there a lot more. Men, let's talk to, talk to men and boys about manipulation and letting women be free to discover themselves it's not a win that you get them young so you can brainwash them and fuck them up in later life let's not do that let's not do that let's change the narrative for the culture for the culture we get into what's going into the popular culture what's going on in the gram we have Lani Good, who we mentioned earlier on, who a back, a back chat cast member, who was criticised for taking a picture of her of the police responding to her accusations of Mark Cuban sharing her nudes. People are criticising her for sharing every little piece of stuff on Insta, on social media. And Mark Cuban himself asked the full disclosure team, we talked about it last week, the, the reality show that where it was exposed that he mentally and physically abused some women in the um, public eye. He's asked for screen time to discuss the allegations against him with the victims. We also have a, a Monica, the infamous R&B singer of old. She posted a pic of her and her love of her life, C Murder, Masterpiece brother, who's been in jail for pretty much since he was 16 for the murder of another 16 year old boy at the time. And he's serving life indefinitely until his appeal, you know, until his uh, case is overturned. She posted a pic of her and there was a conversation about, you know, Ride or die, loving a man on a life, death life sentence, loving a man in prison. There's conversation around that. Axel Blake, if you're watching Britain's Got Talent, got a golden buzzer. Then Tandiway Newton has been fired for Magic Mike film for erratic behaviour, and she's off to rehab. This now gives more context um, to the outburst about dark-skinned women that she made. She's obviously been suffering. And a big one, Rory from New Rory and Mal podcast has come to the social media streets to say Trey Song's is a rapist on a live video and they said forget about with surviving r kelly trey songs surviving trey songs will be a lot worse a lot more rapier and a lot more disgusting and we still haven't talked about atlanta and then also actor rapper kaylin walker has been found guilty of raping six victims kaylin was in last probably known popularly known in the film superfly the reboot of superfly what do you want to get into guys Let's talk about Lani Good first. <clears throat> no. 
because for me, people are criticising her, showing the fact that she made the online complaint and then when the police came around. <laughs> I mean, you're criticising that she's reported a crime and that she's recording the police coming around. She didn't put any faces in. She just had a picture with the police around there. Shouldn't you be criticising the man that leaked her nudes? Shouldn't that be more of a focus? But you're focusing on the fact that she's showing you that she's actually sucked up the energy to report this crime. Yeah. But you want to focus on the fact that she's reporting the crime and that she's showing it. People Thanks. just need to like get their priorities straight and just shut the fuck up if they don't understand the difference between right and wrong. Seriously. I think you can say it better. Monica and C murder. Guys, what do you think? I don't have a position on this at all. Seeing, do you know when you just want somebody to be happy? Obviously, she's known this person from yeah. when she was younger. She's gone through a whole host of different relationships. Her latest one has ended in divorce. And if you're then going back to your original love and whatever the circumstances are, they're fighting for him to be freed because they say he's in there unjustly and he's not that committed this murder. It's okay. Be with him. To me, it's very different. I don't know. It, it just feels like people, it could just be out there that we see, seem to be able to get incarcerated very easily in America compared to here. And so it's, if you meet a dude and you love him and you're going to love him and he's behind bars, do it. So she's looking after her kids. I don't have anything other than I want her to be happy. Fair enough. I kind of think you're right because... People always have this idea that if you, I don't know the ins and outs of the case, but as you've just said, he they're saying he's not this person. He was 16 when he, he committed the crime or alleged crime or whatever it is. And I just think there's a lot of things that we don't know. Just because somebody goes to jail doesn't automatically make them an evil person. Exactly. That's what I think. Yeah. And I think everyone within reason deserves the chance for rehabilitation. And if she's been with this person or has known of this person from a very young age, like she's in her 40s now, he's yeah. in his 40s now. We don't know the ins and outs of what's happened. And I just think that it's very quick to judge and just to base assumptions on the fact that this person is in jail. What exactly what you said about not if just because it's so weird and it's so, it seems so blase just because someone's been convicted of a crime. And even if they did, even if they did the crime, it doesn't always mean that they're wicked and bad for life but it's this that statement apply is so adjustable to different situations and different crimes and which end of the crime you sit at whether you're the victim whether you're of the family of the accused and the wider family the wider friends there's so many different opinions that can shape that one statement to be true or wrong and that i could agree with it on one person's case and i could disagree and i could encourage a friend to yeah. stand by a man in jail for this particular thing even if it potentially was murder and then i would tell another friend get your shit away from this guy allow him he's not worth it it's just one of those mind fucks. but again i think as you said auntie nana as well let her be happy and yeah let him let look if he didn't do it because he's maintained his innocence the whole time if he didn't do it then let him be free. I think they've even appealed to Kim Kardashian to help as well. Yeah, she's helping at the moment. She actually yeah. is working on the case. So, I, don't, I don't know if he was actually 16, but apparently the, the crime was convicted of the January 12, 2002 beating and fatal shooting of a fan, 16-year-old Steve Thomas at the Platinum Club, Louisiana. So the victim so, was... I think he was in yeah. his, when he would probably would have been in his 20s because he definitely... His 20s because he's actually 51 now. He's 51 now. So in 2002, he would have been... 
20 oh yeah he would have been uh, even if, if he's 51 like 2002 he'd have been 31 would have been yeah. 31 okay so he wasn't 16 my bad let me correct that he wasn't 16 he was 30 although just going back to what you were saying about i guess to summarize it like i get redemption or like that kind of I, I, I really am way more mercy. I'm way more for if you commit a crime that there is a level of mercy that we actually give people. Because I don't think with most crimes, I think there is, and if somebody like shows that they literally understand what they've done, I think that they should have a reprieve. Like they should be able to be back in society and have love and carry on with their lives. I really am, I'm against the sentences that they give to people for life. I don't, I, some, it doesn't sit well with me unless it's got something to do with paedophilia or serial killing. But other than that, I really think that there should be a level of mercy as humans that we should have for most people if they show that they're capable of being rehabilitated. I think that they should have love in their life and they shouldn't be incarcerated for forever at all. I think, yeah, I'm very much for rehabil rehabilitation and I don't know how you... But also the whole process from prison to post life, because you can have re, re, you can, yeah, so that's rehabilitation. Because I'm thinking about inside inside the prison, how they help you re, face a life outside, but also support you for a few good few years afterwards. Because especially if you've been on a very long term sentence, readjusting to civilian life is so difficult, yeah. and the pressure that society puts you under. And if you always default, what was easier is to me go and do A, B, C that could possibly land me in jail because the other resources are too difficult. You have to disclose that you've got a criminal record and then you don't get a job and you're not a viable yeah. applicant and all those type of things need to be removed. I think the case by case, but they need to be removed that you have to disclose that. But also everyone also in wider society has to feel safe. And that only comes with real support of rehabilitation into back into the world. But yeah, anyway, that's, we'll see what happens. Who else we got? Rory from New Rory and Mal podcast says that Trey songs, how do you not feel about Trey songs and this, con and this conversation well, my question is, how does who is Rory and how does he know? Obviously, he's in the industry, but how is he speaking on authority? How is he speaking on authority? He's about saying that he knows multiple victims who've told him. That's what he's saying. And how I feel about Trey Songs, funnily enough, is how I felt about R. Kelly before everything became so intense and not intense, documented, okay. should I say. I felt quite unsettled about Trey songs for quite a while now. And I don't know why. Um, probably because some of the things that I've heard haven't sit right with me. And pretty similar to how I just stopped listening to R. Kelly because I thought you're, I, I can't have you in my ears. I can't say that I listen to Trey songs either. Uh, but I've never been like a massive Trey songs fan. But I can say that I don't. I just don't listen to his music anymore. I don't know enough about what the victims, alleged victims, have said, so I can't say if I think that he's done it or not because I don't know anything very. I don't know very much about that case other than a lot of people have come out and said similar stuff. I yeah. think Rory is probably in the best place to speak on it. He actually has a group. He's a manager as well as a podcaster, so he has a group called Emotional Oranges and tours around quite a lot. Apparently he's also doing his own music. But I know from watching their pod when he was with Joe Budden, Joe said something about Trey Songs years ago and Trey Songs team threatened him, like you can't speak about Trey Songs again. So they would always 
talk about him, but in a roundabout way. And it was always like, he is a bit rapey without using those words. And this is the first time I think somebody of any, well, a male, I don't think, so there's been women that have come out and spoken about it, but there hasn't actually been a man that has co-signed that he definitely has done some shit to quite a few women. And he went on to say there's probably 15 people that he knows of that have claimed that he's sexually assaulted them or raped them. And it, again, it's he still can go on shows, though. He still gets interviewed. And there really does need to be way more people, again, speaking up about what he does and some charges to be brought against him. Because it is like, how long are we going to have to wait 30 years again, R. Kelly? Does there have to be tens of women who were abused before it comes out to light that actually from the flipping 2010, this guy has been at it, like just assaulting women left, right and centre. I don't think we want this in the culture again. Like, he should be faced with some type of charges now. Yeah. And similar to what you said, I, I don't think I've heard men say it, Auntie Nana, on it. And back to what we were saying last week mm. about men might tell him things in private, but it needs to be said publicly. Yeah. Because this behaviour <laughs> shouldn't be condemned. It, should, it shouldn't be tolerated. It should be condemned. There's a lot of... Remember, Kiki Palmer was on The Breakfast Club, but even though she's retracted her statement, things happen, but she and Chase Song were apparently like really good friends, and then the whole him using sexual intimidation to get her to be in a music video, or yeah. he used illicit footage of her in a music video, and she said it was really intimidating, and people... I think she got berated for speaking up and then in the end she retracted her comments. People have gone back to that. Now this person's come out and accused him and all that type of stuff. And these stories are resurfacing. And it's everything we keep repeating. Men do better. Stop letting... And the music industry is a cesspit, as we know. It's a dirty cesspit. Women are at the bottom rung and they get abused, manipulated. And if we're going to talk about society, black women being at the bottom, if you want to co-sign that, then definitely in the music industry, in our music industry, black women are dime a dozen and treated like fodder to be manipulated and thrown about and used at will. So if Trey Songs is guilty, all the crimes, all the all the arrests, all the thing needs to happen. I've never been a fan. He sounds like a, chip, a chipmunk or a gerbil when he sings to me. I've never got it. Didn't find anything. Who has that slimy thing? You know, like that real kind of slimy type of geezer, but also they evoke like mass hysteria with young girls as well. Yeah. And you can tell he would probably do some shit with that. Like he would, he would have to. I think there's that whole thing again, as we're talking about your underage girls, that frenzy, that societal perspective that men it's okay to go for younger girls just don't get caught basically to change yeah. the narrative of that and actually think and, and again like I've said already take ownership of what you're doing to a younger person and also as we've said we've also said this before the music industry needs to have a lot more stringent guidelines especially for young people getting into the industry because Trey Song no matter what got into the industry at a very young age and then you get all this fame and adulation and you are gaslit you're just like your head's boost your everything you got people throwing themselves at you. I can understand how you would be, you, you, you just would go nuts without the right people around you to manage that. But people, the managers, the agents, the PRs and all that type of stuff, tap into that wild raw energy to fuel the beast that pays their bills. But you just let the beast get out of control. And when it comes down to this side, you then either abandon them when actually you could have stopped them from being turning into this predator if this is what's happened. You could have stopped them at the beginning, whereas you let this beast grow because they needed that thing I think I spoke about before. 
I don't know if we, we, I think we've discussed it, or it's been a thought, where this whole thing that to be a genius, you've got to be some sort of deprivate as well. So Freud had alcohol, alcohol problem. Other geniuses either had abuse stories that attached to them, but yet their genius outweighs the shit that they did so people allowed them. So you've got great artists, great musicians, great philosophers, but they all had some kind of shit going on mentally or uh, their personality defi de deficiency and society allowed them. And it's, you have to have madness of genius. And I would love to explore why this is the case. Because how about controlling the madness and letting, well, how do we do that? How do you manage someone who's genius, who has other issues? Is it a thing or is it just society is allowing this to go? And that's now people are tapping into that by force or is it really a thing? I think, I don't think it's like society allows it. I think if you're anybody's meal ticket, they are going to work with you and they are going to be party to whatever your vices are. And they're going to allow your vices and they're going to cover you. That's society. Well, it's not actually like society because we're not around Trey Songs. It's who's around you, who your team are, allow this to take place. And then you also think of within the music business, a lot of executives set the tone for the artists. So what they're doing, the artist is seeing, and then you're all going to cover each other. And then it becomes okay. I don't think I've ever heard one singer say that they haven't been hit on in a way that made them feel intimidated when they go to the studio, by executives, that they haven't been accosted with some type of pay for play with their bodies. It's just, it's so rife. So then as a male singer and you're seeing all of this you also feel that you have entitlement to female bodies and his manager probably co-signs it publicist it's like that ecosystem is you feed this guy because he's paying all of us it's very it's it's hard to actually have somebody who's a part of that stand up for anything unless that's their moral fiber but I you're behind the team so it's not really society it's 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 actually just within that ecosystem how it's working. And there probably are some really good guys as well, though. But if you're a shithead, you're going to find other shitheads to work with. My thing about geniuses, do you think all geniuses come with a side of madness? No. no. I think it depends on their egos and how that's controlled and how that's managed. But I think that your ego can go off in, a normal person's ego can go off in various ways. I don't think there needs to be a genius with it. We all, as humans, have dark sides, every single one of us. It's just how much you allow your dark side to reign. And within the constraints of what you can do, the more money you have, the more ways that you can have, you can explore your dark sides and it can go in different ways. I think it's more on humans, power than genius. I think they're not the same. I all wouldn't right, tell him a genius either, because I think he's just a, an all right singer. No, I get that. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, me too. I'm just, it was just that whole exploration of the bigger thing of talented people. I should even just say talented people. Okay, Tandiway Newton. Yeah. You called it, yeah. innit? You, you said that she was having some type of a breakdown. Yeah, because that, that, the out, the crying outburst about dark skinned women didn't make sense back then to me. And then it was explained. But now here we are. She's been fired from the Magic Mike film for erratic behavior. And now it's been revealed that her and her husband have separated and she's going through some stuff. And I think that's it. I think for, I feel for her, but I am really wondering, uh, it's 24 years. I wonder if the whole unraveling with the dark skin women thing was like 
all a part of her marriage. Yeah, like maybe there was something with her marriage. Like I just felt, and this is just, I have no basis for this, but there was something that struck me with infidelity. Going back to her rant and just thinking like, I wonder, because I didn't know it was like 24, 24 years she had been with her husband. So like a really long time. And it's just for her talking about taking you, taking our men and it was just like that's all very weird it was like a spiral around relationships seemed to have come to mind now like maybe that's something that she's going through with her husband maybe there was some type of infidelity there but I wish her well I wish her I don't know what the trigger point is and definitely when your lockdown had might have played a part a lot of people went through self-discovery and awakening and re-connecting with who they are as a person or disconnecting or dis dismantling the facade because when you're in a place 24 7 can't go out and distract yourself with the lights and trappings of the world especially being a celebrity and you're forced to face your front because i think definitely being in this public eye you can get blinded by the lights so easily there's yeah. so much at you and when you're not even just a celebrity we've got money where money can really just pass away your troubles you cover up all your troubles with throw money at it whether it's opulence or fashion or just being in all these different spaces. So when you're forced to be at home and just reckon with yourself and the people in your immediate circle that you might have been locked down with, that's going to be a tough one. Yeah. So I wonder what was the trigger? I do wish her well. I hope she comes out okay on the other side. Uh, she's um, such a good actress as well. I, re I really do enjoy watching her in things. I think she's a really yeah. good actress. I really, she's such a, she seems like such a sweetie. The times yeah. I've seen her, she's just been really, just really sweet. And like a cute person to just to be around. So I just wish her, yeah, I do likewise wish her all the well. We should move on, but let's get some comments. Okay. So Victoria says, never seen the fuss about Trey songs, but generally when the inner circles of bros start whispering out loud, because let's face it, they cover for each other a lot. There could be something. And, and Victoria also says, there's a lot to unpack with Fendiwe. We saw the slow downward spiral and something tells me there is more to come. Hopefully she mm -hmm. gets the help she needs. And Ronald says, question for Nana. Speaking of speaking up, how difficult was it for you to ask Kojo about his past comments about dark-skinned women? It, it wasn't that hard. It was semi-hard because we have a relationship and I, I would call him a friend or somebody that I've known for a very long time, like over 20 years I've known him. So it wasn't easy bringing it up. And that was probably felt in his response to it. It would be great to be able to have a conversation with a black man about colorism without it being very defensive. I'll say that much. But what, what do you guys think of that? Yeah, I kind of, I'd similarly, I think similarly having somebody on when you get into this space, having somebody on that it is, and maybe there's, as he discussed, real talk, you have a show, we, we, we do a show where we want to entertain. We're all quite moralistic women, moralistic women. We're not out here doing this show just for sensation. We could do sensationalism and ratchetness. We could do that, but that's not us. It, or that's definitely not the format that I would like to put out there. However, getting into the nitty gritty of certain conversations, we do want to break down certain taboos, certain misinformations and we do want to get to the heart of issues that really affect us as black women day to day we're quite real with the topics that we pick and that we want to talk about and yeah as we've said many as we've said many times we want to talk to there's a lot of things as women that we don't understand from men and it is good to have a conversation with a man who's willing to be open and honest 
about those situations. And it is, we don't want to, we're not in the gotcha game. We're not trying to trip people up, but we will like to broach difficult topics if a person's up for it. So it, I, I know that I never ever, I don't want any guests to come on this show and feel uncomfortable. So we do, and just to understand, we prep our guests, we make sure they feel comfortable. We check in with them about what they want to speak about, what they don't want to speak about. And then we, we figure it out around that. So we hope that guests that come on this show never feel like we blindsided them and stuff like that. But we say we're aunties, we're going to go and get in your business, as we say, it's there. And that's that. I don't know how you feel, Auntie Farah. Um, as I said last week, I think it was a good opportunity for him to talk about it. It's something that he probably hasn't spoken about. And I think it was an excellent way that Auntie Nana brought it up. And as I said at the time, it's documented now. Whether he feels the need for it to be out there or not, it's just good that he's managed to say his side of things because often things can be misconstrued. And he's managed to get his own thoughts out there. And I think, that, as Auntie AK said, we give all guests the opportunity to have their opinion heard. But equally, we are four women who have our own opinions and we want to be heard too. Yeah. If you want to come on the show, please watch back all our episodes and make a decision. If you find us too much to deal with, then don't come on the show. We're not going to shy away, but we will make you feel comfortable. As good aunties do. I think we just 100% proper aunties. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we go on to the next bit uh, auntie nana sorry this was your story axel blake got the golden buzz on britain's got talent so because he's another black comedian and he okay. managed to get the golden buzzer from what's his name simon cowell very similarly to like how kojo did as well and it's just this could be the start of a big thing for his career because he's got that exposure so it's just to keep an eye out for axel blake because he has got the golden buzzer and he'll probably become a household name do you do you, do you... Okay. Well done, Axel Blake. It's just because I, Britain's Got Talent is so far removed from my schedule of watching TV. I think I, it literally just popped up on my timeline, like quite repeatedly, his clip, and people just being like, well done. And which is I watch the show, but I think it's going to be good exposure for him. Yeah. Because he's been on the circuit for quite some time. And I think every now and again, you need a little bit of a injection into other people's minds into other areas that he's now going to be in spaces where people might not have necessarily seen him before so i think it's good for him well done and he's gone aging just had to put that in. <laughs> oh is he okay cool all right let's move on to what's made you sad mad and glad this week what has made you sad mad and glad this week so sad christian huh so Christian Ronaldo losing his son at birth, that like really startled me. He's um, had twins and his son has died. Yeah, that startled me a bit. So sad about that. I'm mad. My neighbours are just so annoying. They, uh, I've got like one side, a great, brilliant Romanian family. The other side, Sri Lankan family. The, I, I think it could be the mum and dad are both alcoholics. And the guy just goes on these raging benders and will, he'll like drink from morning till evening. And he was out just being an absolute menace. The police have come, I would say, in the years that we've been here, no less than 300 times. And they just don't do, like literally, they speak to them and then they carry on arguing. And this time he believes that we had called the police, that my husband had called the police. So he rings the door knocks on the door and he's brother i don't like you anymore can't even stand up properly i fly as i mentioned last week 
got a temper when I'm ready to lose my temper. I fly to the door and one of my clothes rails is at the side of the door. And I was just looking at the clothes rail. And I was like, if he tries to lunge for Russell, I am going to beat this man to a pulp. So I'm like at the side going, just fuck off. I literally shouted and Russell's trying to be really calm and just be like, get inside your house. No, I didn't call the police. It's probably somebody else. Leave us alone. His wife comes out. She starts shouting. He pushes his wife into the house. And so we're like, don't hit her. Although I hate this woman as well. But you're just like, why? We were just having a nice evening, minding our business. And you guys have brought your shit to the house. So that left me in a state of rage for quite a few hours. And I was plotting all of the ways to end their existence on this earth. Uh, but I'm calm now. But yeah, I hate my neighbours. So they made me mad. And I'm glad. <laughs> so that happened on the Saturday. On the Sunday, <laughs> I was a mind, body and soul exhibition in Olympia with my bestie, Jessica. And she was doing a talk on how to produce a heart-centred book. And it was really good. And I'm quite inspired. I may write a book one day. That was really good. And saw lots of crystals and yeah, just felt really zen and at peace. Then back holiday Monday. I spent time with my other bestie, Angel, in a beer garden, drinking our lives away, just discussing life. And it was brilliant. It's a lovely time. So that's me. Um, okay. I'm sad because my toes were cold today and it really freaks me out when my toes are cold. But I'm also more seriously sad about yet another fatal shooting of a black man in America. Um, this mm. time it's Loyola, um, an immigrant from, sorry, from DRC, Democratic Republic of Congo. He was pulled over. I don't even know why he was pulled over. Yeah. yeah. And basically, and so he runs the traffic. Um, yeah, yeah. He was one. He runs traffic. away, like following a traffic stop. And then, basically, the gut, the police officer, they get into a little bit of a tussle. The t- police officer gets him on the ground, but manages to shoot him point blank head in the point blank to the head. Shoots him dead. His parents are crying on TV as they would do. They brought him over for a better life, but lo and behold. And again, it's just revisiting. Is it ever that? Is it ever worth it? Man had a dodgy car, whatever. If he had a, a tra- busted tail, like whatever the reason was, in the end, is it worth him to his death? Was it? Because you know, again, as the political pundits come and politicise the situation, you have the right kind of aligning people saying he had, uh, he's got a criminal background. Apparently, he's been arrested multiple times. And the headline is one of them includes assault on a pregnant woman. And that again, obviously the aunties do not condone any type of assault, but an assault on a pregnant woman, assault doesn't actually explain, and I'm not justifying anything, but it doesn't explain assault could be a slap, assault could be actually a beat down. So I'm not even justifying it like that, but does it equate to in that moment, you get shot by a policeman at a tra- for running a red light or a traffic misdemeanor. It doesn't equate. If he did the thing, he should get done for the thing that, he should, that he's been arrested for. Do you know what I'm saying? Anyway, that made me sad and mad all in one i'm also mad my toilet has broken it doesn't flush anymore thankfully being you know of black descent because <laughs> i know african caribbeans know this trick we have a bucket always in the house so can see the action you know what i'm saying we've got to pour the water to flush but my, my mum was laughing at me she's in ghana she's like oh so you're like a real villager right now and i'm like yeah <laughs> I, am. I am a villager i am a villager right now and i'm pouring water to flush my loo how many more things hammersmith and fulham how many more things and i know these are things that happen because the washer is literally the washer's worn away but mm. i called them on the emer- i called them as an emergency call on thursday they came out and said oh the washer's gone 
<laughs> they're not coming till Friday. Yeah, because it's not an emergency. I've yeah. had this before. Yeah, I had this over a Christmas period once. So imagine, and the thing is, imagine if I didn't, because no one gave me a solution, because like, and I was all part, part of me wanted, because the prize in my kingdom, in my little castle, I don't want him to come and see a nonsense in the toilet. I would hate for that. It would make me cringe and die. So I know I have a solution. So I was like, half like, I want to get you lot. But it's not the plumber's fault. It's the council and the shitty products that they use. So I made sure everything was cleared so that he could have a peaceful checkout of what's going on. <laughs> anyway, they're not coming till, fr till Friday. And you know what they've done for the past three occasions? Not turned up for appointments. They came today to fix the radio. So finally, that's after three times not turning up three times. So if they don't turn up on Friday to fix my busted toilet, I'm gonna go to war on everybody. I'm glad because I had a lovely weekend, like a lovely Friday with my aunt. <laughs> we had a nice, <laughs> nice day out. And then um, also my daughter is turning 22 this week. We've got a little birthday soiree planned on Friday. And so I'm just glad of my little peach nut. She's amazing. I love her to bits and she's 22 on Friday. That's it. Antifa. Was it again? Mad, sad, glad. Sad, mad, glad. Mad, mad, and glad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm also sad. I'm also sad at the execution, because let's call it what it was, oh, of um, Patrick Lohoya, Lohoya, I think it is, because I don't actually care what he's done. If you weren't there to arrest him for that crime, then and you didn't find him killing someone, then not deserved. So yeah. I don't actually care. You stopped him at a traffic, it was a traffic stop. You had him on the ground. You took your gun out and shot him in the back of his head. That's an execution. Just call it what it was. That made me very sad. I was, oh, my mad's gone off on my phone. Bloody hell, but I have got one. But this isn't the one I wanted to talk about, but I'll say this. I was mad at all the people that were getting really happy at the idea of Rihanna and ASAP Rocky breaking up. Oh, oh God, we've got to talk about that. Nonsense. Yeah, because someone was told some false What's news and he put it out on Twitter and then it spread like wildfire that ASAP has been cheating on Rihanna with her shoe designer for Fenty and it was just like it turned out to be nonsense and that just made me mad like the woman's pregnant leave her alone shouldn't need this nonsense and I have two glads my first glad was yesterday when I arrived home my neighbor called me my neighbor she's a chef and she sells food and uh, she actually had cooked for Everybody in the whole block. And that, yeah, and like she's gone in, so she made, okay. <laughs> I, I forgot who was in the room. Um, <laughs> it's not that you two gave me shit. My neighbor. Wait. Did you give me anything this week? As a, as a Ghanaian, not this week, but as a Ghanaian, have I not cooked for you? Have I not cooked for you as a Grenadian? When did you cook for me? Have I never cooked? For, don't try it, you stupid this cow. It's supposed to be a happy moment. Can we go through the ground? I'm trying to say. I will pick up my neighbor. Because on Easter Monday, she cooked for no. the whole community. And so I'm not cute. talking about no little portions of food. Like the butter tubs that your gran used to get. The yeah. big square ones. That's what she gave me of jollof rice and the baddest macaroni. And I'm funny about macaroni cheese. But this lady's macaroni and cheese is up there. Wow. And I really appreciate her for what she did for everybody. And it, I just think that was... Unexpected and lovely. I walk past her house all the time, and me and Egypt always like, mm, she's cooking fish. What should we do? Let's go that. And then I got to eat it, so I was very happy. Oh, um, nice. yes, very nice. And then my second glad was it was my cousin, my little cousin, 
it was my little cousin Leon's birthday. I say little cousin, he was 40, but it was his birthday um, last week and he had an amazing time and I planned with his missus a uh, birthday party for him. And it was just a really nice time. Lots of people showed up and showed out and it was great. And he had a great time and he got very drunk and he did his signature move where he takes his shirt off and swings it around in the air. And <laughs> I was embarrassed and tried to get him to put it back on and he didn't want to listen to me. But it's fine. <laughs> he had a good time. So happy birthday and big up to my lovely cousin, Leon. Love you lots. Big up, Leon. That party was great. And all my honorary big sister, Shalon, went to her 50th and then went to Leon's and both parties were worthy of two beautiful people. Wonderful. Just, just to go back to the ASAP Rocky nonsense. Fashion writer Louis... Pisano apologizes for spreading reckless Rihanna and ASAP Rocky rumors. He came and did an Instagram apology saying, I'd like to just, I made a dumb decision to tweet some information I'd received. I'm not going to talk about sources, blame others for a discussion that was started because at the end of the day, I made the decision to draft that tweet, press send and put that out with my name on it. He basically owned it, but nonsense. You know what I find really disgusting about that? So even if you had been given this information, like you knew that this was going on, why would you, when somebody's in their third trimester, have the world speculating about their relationship when she's so heavily pregnant? There's a level of contempt that I have for people that don't really understand how dangerous pregnancies are. And for the sake of getting tweets, because you're not going to make any money off of this, like physically, this is like just tweets and exposure. You would risk somebody's health. And then it's not even true. I feel like criminal charges should be able to be placed at people. Well, it's defamation, isn't it? If, if Rihanna wanted to go ahead, it's defamation. That's 100% defamation. Well, it's ASAP Rocky because it was ASAP Rocky. Yeah, ASAP. And, and the designer. And the designer yeah. means. Yeah. Yeah. He then had to come out and say something because yeah. she was, I thought that this was going to pass, but it seems like it's not. It's taken so she late. had to come out and say that these are two people I love and respect. And yeah. the Bible tweet, the way where like people were just like, spe- oh my God, ASAP, they literally ran with it, ran with it, making ran deep, all the way. deep comments, yeah. deep comments. With a real zealous, oh my yeah. God, how could he do that? Why would he, like, just, and it's like there was a part of people that's sad, but there was something like exciting about it. It's just like, this yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, some people re- revel in other people's unfortunate circumstances, don't they? Yeah, yeah. All right, so this is my, don't piss me off today. This is my don't piss me off. And my don't piss me off is guys. Okay, look, look, look. I know there's slang words, right? I know I can be a bit of a word policeman, but I just think if we're going to, we as a people, if we're going to let our slang words be co-opted and rewritten, introduced into the language, let's get them down properly. Pussy ho is not a word. Pussyol is the word. However, people are starting to write pussyo. It is not pussy ho. You little children who are not from our generation, and I'm very sorry, it's a very explicit word as well. I understand that. However, it is not pussy ho. It is pussy hole, which has been run together to say pussy hole. If you're from the Caribbean, I don't know which original. I know Jamaicans. When I grew up, I was around Jamaicans. So I knew that's where it came from. I don't know if it's initially initiated or originated in Jamaica. However, it's a Caribbean slanguistical term, <laughs> and it's pussy hole run together pussy ole regarding the vagina hole. It is not pussy-o. It is not P-U-S-I-O. P-U-S-Y apostrophe O-L-E. That's how it should be written down. Second one. Wag number one. No, no, no. It should be 
Well, first of all, the original, what, Juan, what is going on? Again, from Mike growing no, up. Is that what it means? Mike yeah. Juan. <laughs> it means like, uh, yes. I don't oh, know what that means. What, wag like, call me an auntie. I, I was like, what's wag one? Yeah, they're supposed to be saying I, wag I one. I thought, what is it? Like, you know, like wags back in the day. Is it the number one wag? That's <laughs> what <laughs> I'm saying. It is not wag one. No one says wag one. No one says it like that. We say wag one. It is actually wa. What a guan. Wa guan. So W H A apostrophe. Guan, GW, you can add a multiple A's if you like. You want to long it out. Wagwan or Wagwan. It is not Wagwan. Fuck off with that, please. We are introducing language into the dialect of the world. People are adopting our linguistics and our words. Please have them written properly. Don't be stupid. And this is not us, it's the young people that don't know their history properly. Thank you. Thanks. Pussio. <laughs> no, it annoys me. It's dumb. Just make up new words if you're gonna do that. Like I think like young people are lazy with this year. They we are have slang. And they seem to just want to reuse our slang. Like make up new words. Like they reuse it and then have different meanings for no, it. Like, it. It's not that's okay. That's not what that means. Make and up a new word. And then you can apply your own meaning. Like when we came up with butters. Yeah. Like, don't just start using butters. Like, have a new word. Say pakuni or something. And yeah. everybody says pakuni, and that means that you're ugly. Like, change it all up. Be inventive. Be original. Exactly. And the thing is, for me, even, even though it's absolutely annoying taking word, a slang word that we use, so we take beef, and it either means fighting or it means back in the day, you also meant you're a beef, you're, you're a good-looking guy. We used to call them beefs and stuff like that. So we understand sometimes words mean, but the actual thing, pussy old, is a thing. It's actual. Don't you can't turn it into pussy o. What is pussy o? And also, because our language has been co-opted by other cultures. Remember, there was that conversation. I can't remember when someone on Twitter, and it was just Twitter. So I'm not taking it for the world as gospel. But people are actually trying to say that certain slang words that are from our community originated from white people. So this is why I'm saying I'm, I'm even though I'm saying it in jest. It's also. Don't try it, fam. Because the next minute you're going to say pussy o came from someone in Manchester. Don't <laughs> try it. It's French. It's called no, it's like a, a wagon. A came from the word wagon. No, it didn't. <laughs> it's not, and it's racist. Like the farmers would say wagon. Yeah, exactly. They were passing each other. <laughs> exactly. Wagwan. Look at your wagwan. No, wagwan. And it's erasing our cultural identity as well. It's like, those little bits, the next thing is chale. No, you're not taking chale. You're not taking oyimbo. You're not taking our words. You're not taking our words and destroying them. So just stop it. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> it's true. And on that note, if you all would like to go and research, have a look at the website called Know Your Caribbean History. There and it talks go. about the Caribbean links to words to the African community as well and how we all use the same words and how our history traveled across the, the um, ocean and was kept alive in black people. If Thank you. Let's go and have a look there. No, amazing, isn't it? Brilliant. Go on to IG. If you're not going to go into their website, go on to IG. Yeah, go on to IG. Put it in and scroll. It's the best. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah. 
all of the words, they're literally all over Africa. Sierra Leone, all, Ghana, yeah. all over. It's brilliant. It's across the whole Caribbean. It's amazing. Like I've long said, lots of things are the same and they really are. They break it down how much it is the same. Exactly. It's like when people were criticising some of the words in Afrobeats, saying when Stoney stealing it from reggae. No, because our languages are the same and there's cross-cultural pollination. However, that's within mm -hmm. us and we can discuss it and learn it. When you're taking it outside, don't remix it. Yeah, yeah. Not allowed. But I think for all of us, though, it's really important that also, we yes. how we are so connected. Like, Absolutely. going to Jamaica, seeing houses that are literally is exactly the same as in Ghana. The barber, the barbershop signs images. as well. Yes. The barbershop images are exactly, it's like, we do it's the same. It's the same. The buses. The when buses, you were in Ghana, when you were in Ghana and you showed certain pictures, I was like, that's Grenada. Exactly. It's the same. It's the same, and that's why we can travel amongst ourselves and feel comfortable and feel at home because it's the same. Exactly. Yes. You can't, what you can't, is not? You, it doesn't it's matter where you. Have to admire us black people, you know. We're resilient. Listen. Yeah. About the shit that we went through, and it's the same. And that's why we don't throw away our words and remix them stupidly. Pussyo and Wagwan, delete it. I'm going to be on a mission. Every time I see, it, I'm going to tell you people. So just be. Auntie is on the rampage. Are you going to read the comments? Everywhere please, I see it, it's in the comments and tell people, like, no, don't do this. I'm going to. It's uh, listen, if only Instagram let you have links, the way I'd link up the place, <laughs> bro. I'm so mad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, have you got any more comments before we move on? Okay, <laughs> um. Bare Numbers Strikes Back says, if a woman is good looking, she is good looking. Skin tone don't matter. Wait, wait, wait. You're funny. Bare Numbers. <laughs> she, said, <laughs> she said, bare numbers. People, it's not his tagline or her tagline is not bare numbers. Auntie Nana just can't bother to say them. There's she's only saying, numbers bare that. numbers at that. He could have said 1204. He could have literally. <laughs> All I saw was bare numbers, man. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that's what he says. And then Nicholas says, Auntie Nana, make a tea. I may actually do that. Pussy oil. Pussy I may, oil. Do, I may oh. do that for you for next week and you can wear I it. I think I'm going to do that, seeing as pussy oil is a Caribbean word. Just saying. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do it, Auntie Nana, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Nia Date Wan, pussy oil. <laughs> Cheers. So hold on one minute. Nia Date is calling us pussy oils, by the way. <laughs> And I think that's in regards to the no your Caribbean history. Yeah, it is the best. And Ronald says this was another really good show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Even though you told me I needed auto tune, Ronald, I'll accept your. This is that was an apology in an indirect way, wasn't it? Okay. And on that note, you were listening and watching. Your aunties could never. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe We're on all social media platforms. You can watch this episode back and past episodes on Facebook and YouTube. And of course, like I said, we're on all popular listening platforms. And as I said at the top of the show, can you not forget to write your reviews, your celebratory comments, and your all-round praise and glorify glorification of the aunties? Please make sure you do that. And that's it. Join us next Tuesday. Okay. Share. And share. Oh, share. I feel like we grow. Don't just go without saying. Share. Tell your people that you've got these people that give you so much great advice. And as Biggie said, 
tell your friends to tell so, their friends that so we can be friends. Please, exactly. Please. We can be your aunties, a great yeah. auntie. You get to hear about privatizing the moon. Do you even have those conversations anywhere? Do you? You get a history lesson and an English lesson. Do you get that anywhere? No. So I make sure you come back here and tell people about the thing where you learn stuff. You get me? And our Patreon. Thank you, Auntie Nicola. We have a Patreon. Can you just donate? <laughs> drop your <laughs> drop your subscription immediately because I want you to see me sitting here in furs for no reason, right? That's obviously not what the Patreon's gonna go to. It's going to us maintaining the show and be able to come back every week because it's hard at work and we love to be here for you. So do that, sign up. Please. Okay. And you Next want to level up our production. So Yeah, we need to we need to we need to get out of these boxes. We're trapped in these boxes, like Colonel Abrahams. Can you see we're so trapped and we, we don't want, know we want to be together? Help us get there. We we we're stuck together. Break we us out. These mics, great sound, like really yeah. be a part of our journey. Invest in us because we're giving you great knowledge. And unshamedly so. We, we and don't entertainment. We're, we're entertaining you. So let's do it in the best way possible. And you can be a part of our journey. You really, and, and you really can see that. When we're millionaires, you can be like, you know what? I was watching them when it was just me listening. You can have that story. Would you not want that story when we're like going out to millions? I would want that story if I was watching. <laughs> okay. So yeah, join us next Tuesday live at eight. We are moving to eight o'clock because it's a bit of a better time. Okay, Ronald, I allow you to enhance my lovely voice. Okay. 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 And Nicola also said she's going to sign up next week on Patreon. This, you said this week, girl. Why are you adding and remixing? Oh, no, sorry, week? sorry. I was adding an extra this week. <laughs> um, but yes, join us next week. We'll be back. Bye. Bye. Bye.